Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences raising my son, Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son, Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. All right. Thanks for joining me for an Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. Today's topic is a little bit different. We're talking about nothing and everything at the same time. We've been doing a lot of more serious podcasts that are very educational, uh, but it's been a while since I've just had a fun recording on a little bit of everything. And I don't know about you guys, but I could just use that right now because uh, we are now just starting four more rigorous weeks of a more conservative lockdown approach for our state. We're in Washington, if you're listening from another state. We don't know what it looks like for you guys, but we are now kind of, we're we're going backwards a bit. And so we were just going to just talk about pretty much anything. And uh, Chevy had commented that she appreciated our recent podcast on the unintentional wins of virtual learning. But today, if you want to talk about some of the not so amazing wins of virtual learning, now is your time. Tanya was teasing us a little bit ago that uh, she's the one-on-one with her child and uh, so she's probably going to be in, I'm watching her camera and she's zooming around her house. So I'm going to guess that Tanya is now having a little one come and ask her for a question. Whereas Chevy, you were like me. You just basically told me it's like, oh, as soon as I walked out of the room, I guarantee all my kids are on their iPads, like totally not engaged in learning because like when mom leaves the room, that's exactly what happens over here too. I literally walk out of the room, I turn around and everybody has their devices out and doing anything and everything that's not related to school learning. Right, Chevy? That is correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you. What about you, Maria? Are they do, do they do the same thing to you? You know, I've just given up on the whole thing. <laughs> like, forget it. You want to I love you. I don't care about <laughs> Okay. You are my soul sister right now, because literally I want to say, you know, F this, like, this is stupid. Like they can't make me do this anymore. Like literally, there are some mornings where I literally want to have my own little tantrum because I just feel like, yes, this is not realistic. And Maria, you got going what I got going. Chevy, you're pretty close. Uh, Maria, you have four kids at home, right? Yeah. And the challenging part is that my first grader has more work than my 10th and 11th grader. Thank you. Yes. That is so true. Cause I, I have a fifth grader and her task list every stinking day is three times longer than my two 11th graders in high school. That is a true legitimate statement. So I'm with you there. So my first grader is on zoom from like 8 20 to three o'clock. Me and too. I would say my high schoolers probably a collective of like an hour a day. Not to say that there's not work to be done off Zoom, but she's just required that much Zoom time with work included during that. Okay, 100%, Maria, 100%. My my fifth grader is on from 8.30 until three o'clock when she has her final meeting. And every moment, like they get little five minute breaks here and there, but literally it is that scheduled. So, ugh. and then the 11th graders, you know, they do their virtual, they have three virtual sessions a day and then they're supposed to be using the rest of the day until three o'clock to do their stuff. No, that is not what happens. So anyway, that's been my experience. Maria, thank you for validating that you are doing uh, Chevy, you actually are rolling it a little bit different because don't you have one that's just starting kindergarten. Yes. Sarah, and she's your daughter with autism. And then all you have a middle schooler or not quite middle school. So I have, yeah, I have middle schoolers. So I've got a seventh grader who goes in person for resource. And then I have a um, middle child who's nine. He's in fourth grade and he's just about to start resource uh, in the coming weeks. But we that got pushed back because we had COVID cycle our house. So we're now waiting for that to happen. Oh, yes. Okay. So we're going to circle back to that. We, before we hit the record button, Chevy was kind of telling us what went on in her house because they ended up catching the COVID. So go ahead and would you mind recapping that? Because, you know. Sure. So my husband had a work exposure. He just went to a work lunch and then he found out that the coworker he had lunch with tested positive for COVID and the boss that 
his coworker had met with the previous week had tested positive for COVID. So we're like, oh, great. So the chances are increasing now that we have two people that are COVID positive. Um, so I think he, I think he started feeling just like normal cold symptoms on the Monday by Tuesday, he was feeling pretty awful. So Wednesday he went in, got a, got his test done. We didn't get the results till the Friday, but from pretty much Tuesday to the following Thursday, he was quarantined in our bedroom and did not come out for anything or anyone. And you so were going in there, I, you had rubber gloves, masks, everything when you were feeding him. Like that is like legit. I had the, the PPE, the in-home PPE as oh I'm delivering God. him his his food that he can't taste. And <laughs> so did he lose he any weight? Taste. Please tell me he lost weight. Because if I have to catch the bit, I want to make sure I'm losing weight. some weight. Okay. So how much? He lost eight eight pounds. Oh, so there's, okay. So at least I see the silver lining in this is that it was a little bit of a weight loss program. So I'll take that. If I have to be thick, at least tell me I'm going to lose a couple of pounds because like food's not going to taste as a healing, right? I think he ate and he tried to eat a cheeseburger and he's like, I feel like I'm eating a rubber dog toy. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. He was drinking something I think was like citrusy, like orange juice. And he was like, oh, it's so vinegary. Yeah. <laughs> that is citrus. That has yeah. no relation to vinegar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, not vinegar. His taste buds were just all over the place. Oh, that would have almost been a little bit fun to mess with him. Right, ladies? Like, you know, think about the opportunities <laughs> to mess with like our family members that can't, don't have a sense of smell or taste. That might be kind of fun. So I'm going to write that on my list of things to do if we catch COVID. So, and then your daughter tested so, positive, right? She did. And I think the reason why she was the only other person to get it is because she, this COVID thing gave her so much anxiety. She did not understand why is dad not coming out of the bedroom? It was giving her a lot of anxiety. We couldn't explain to her. We kept just telling her, daddy's sick. Like he's sick, honey. And she literally got to the point by like day four or five where she was like, a sick, a sick, uh, 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 like pretending to cough and she didn't oh. even get the cough. Oh, really? <laughs> and she, and she ended up, what ended up happening is in the middle of the night, she would try, she would know that I was asleep or I'd go to the bathroom and she'd make a break for our bedroom. And if that door was not locked, she was in there and she's like crawling in the bed, like snuggling. Oh. And I think because to her, you know, it made her feel better that she was helping yeah. Um, but if, obviously that was not great. And we're trying to explain to her, it's hard to explain quarantine and COVID and social distancing to a five-year-old with autism who doesn't have that understanding. Um, so she ended up getting COVID as well. Um, and fortunately her symptoms were very, very mild. She only got a low grade fever on and off for about a week. Um, otherwise everybody else stayed healthy. Um, my husband, Got it. She got it. And myself and my boys ended up staying negative for whatever reason. I was like, the fact that I stayed negative was pretty much next to a miracle because she was sleeping with me. I was taking care of her. I was taking care of him. Like I'm like, but I was like, if I go down, the whole ship goes down because oh, I'm the one literally yeah. feeding everyone, taking care of everyone, keeping everything sanitized. So that was very stressful. Um, but fortunately I, I did not get it. Um, I, but I, we did get to the point where I was literally sleeping on an air mattress in her room and she was sleeping on her bed. Yeah. So it got a little crazy for a little bit. Yeah. I have to be honest, you know, and I, I, I say this tongue in cheek, but there are moments of my time of my life where I'm kind of like, I kind of almost would want it. So I get like 11 days off from this nightmare. Like, I feel like with virtual learning and having like Tanya, like what you said, you're your kid's personal one-on-one. -on -one. And I've got four kids with all these different teachers. And I, you guys, honestly, here is, this is what it looks like in my world. This is how I track. I'm holding up a piece of paper of how I track all of my kids' assignments. Those things that are highlighted are late assignments or ones that we have to redo because they didn't like either turn them in or they did a really crappy job. So this is my stupid list of stuff I have to track. So there are moments, I'm going to be honest, I lay in bed and I kind of like, ooh, catching COVID. It would be like a 14 day vacation, right? I mean, I don't want to be sick and I certainly don't want to die. But in my mind at times when I feel like throwing my tantrum, 
Ooh, it's tempting. It's tempting. Or even just pretending like I have it. So then I just can stay in bed and I can just be like, sorry, school can't help you out here. Oh, my kids weren't online. Well, that's because there's no mom to sit there and like debate demand that they get onto their online schools. So I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I an evil? Am I a sad, sadistic person for sometimes just being like, I kind of want it just so, I mean, I I don't want it, but I want to kind of lie and say that I do just so I can like escape all of this nonsense with online school. Anybody want to join me? I definitely had those feelings when we were getting to day like 10 and 11. I was like, okay, like how sick are we still? Exactly. Is it like the I'm man cold? Here. Yeah, exactly. All right, Simon, your man cold is over. Get back out there and get to work. You're not, you're not symptomatic. We might have still residual, but you're not positive. So get out there into the front line. But it was, it, it was definitely a learning experience. I mean, he's like, you know, he said, you know, I'm lucky because I'm fairly healthy for the most part. He's like people that aren't, you know, could be bad. Oh, so yeah. It's like, it's, we're in a weird place of being like, take it serious. But at the same time, like we're totally done. So we're in this weird mode of like being done and then also being like, but it's bad. So yeah, be careful. It's a weird place to be. Yeah. (laughs) And Tony, you guys are doing a hundred percent online, but your school district has actually been really struggling. But point out, recap what you were telling me prior to this is that the exposures that you guys are having in your schools are not actually contaminations or infections in the classroom. They're actually from outside exposures. Yes. So all of the COVID, my kids' elementary school, are due to um, the kids being exposed outside of school. So they're not passing it on to other kids, but then anyone, because they have a sign, they're very, they have very strict safety protocols. Their desks are all six feet apart. Um, they have a, they're assigned desks that only they sit at. And so they have, so when someone tests positive, all the kids that sit around that person have to quarantine for two weeks. So anyone who is in close contact. Um, we did have an instance, um, a kid in DLC tested positive. And so because DLC, the, those kids aren't always able to wear masks necessarily. And they have pairs. That whole classroom is having to quarantine right now for two weeks, but including all the pairs and um, the teacher. And then my son's special ed teacher, he goes in person for writing. She's having to quarantine. She tested positive, but she's asymptomatic right now. Um, but she's also having to quarantine for two weeks. Were you worried that your son was was exposed by that teacher or are you not really worried? I'm not worried too much um, because one, she just found out her um, husband was positive. And so she went and got tested the other day. And so this happened over the weekend. Um, They have pretty strict safety protocols. So like his um, resource class, he only goes once a day for 30 minutes. It's in the portable. The second they get in the door, they get hand sanitizer on their hands. They have a bin that is only their stuff and only they touch their stuff. So he grabs his bin, takes it to his assigned desk that only he and one other kid during the day sit at, but they sanitize the desk between them. Um, And so, and then when he's done at the end of the day, when he's done with his bin, so his teacher, like they correct their own papers and stuff. The teacher doesn't touch any of it. And then it goes back in his bin and he puts his own bin back. So there's like no like contact and then they use hand sanitizer as they leave the classroom. So they have a lot of pretty good strict safety protocols in place, which I think is why, even though there's a lot of kids quarantining, there hasn't been like any like transmission within the school, but because of the kids that have come who have tested positive, there is a total of 77 kids in quarantine right now from their school in the past two weeks. But as a safety precaution, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've actually had, uh, so uh, we're a blended family. And so my uh, husband's kiddos go to a different school district than my kids. And really, they're um, experiencing closures because they just don't have enough student teachers or substitute teachers, rather. Uh, It's not that the kids are um, sick. It's that they need more substitutes Mm -hmm. because people are having to quarantine. We're having the same issue with the substitute teacher stuff. And so what our district does, Washington's one of those states that in order to be a substitute teacher, you have to have a teaching certificate. And so, but when they're short on subs, they actually open up the pool for emergency substitutes, which means you don't have to have your teaching certificate. You just have to have a bachelor's degree. So our district has opened it up for anyone with a bachelor's degree can sub. You don't have to have your teaching certificate in order to sub. So that's one way they're combating the shortage. 
Oh, wow. So what I'm hearing you say, Tanya, is, is that I am now officially qualified to be a teacher in, in your school district is what I'm hearing. Because yep, because they're hiring I, emergency substitutes. That's exactly it. And I feel like I'm practically qualified with the garbage that I'm having to deal with and this whole like this whole common core math thing is just rubbish. But I'm starting to figure it out. I'm figuring it out, people. Thanks to Khan Academy and Dr. Google, I just feel like I'm... A, I, if I would be in the fifth, seventh, or 11th grade now, I would be an A student. I wasn't back in the day when I was a fifth, seventh, and 11th grader, but man, I tell you what, I'm a smarter human being because of COVID, because I'm having to become a teacher, so. Yes, I'm having to learn fifth grade math, how they teach it now, and so. Oh, but you're different. already a teacher, Tanya. That's the Yeah, thing. but I taught, I taught second grade, not fifth grade. Um, so fifth grade math is, so I didn't learn like the new way they teach mul- double digit multiplication. So like they're reviewing that right now in fifth grade. So I'm learning how to do it by the area model and all that. Oh, the area model. Fooey on that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so my son, who's bl- a black and white learner, he works best with the standard algorithm. If he, if you give him a rule, he can memorize it. So teaching him a bunch of different ways actually kind of adds to the confusion where I'd much rather with him just spend it on one way. Yes. So he can get that way done well. Yes. And Tanya, I'm with you. It's like, don't give my kid. He like, he's a black and white thinker as well. And that's, you know, because we live in the world of autism. So why are we muddying the water by providing him with all sorts of options? He doesn't like options. He wants one way. He'll master one way. He he yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you there. So Chevy, is life back to normal for you now that COVID has run its course through some of your classes? Or see your classes. See, I'm like a teacher. I'm practically a teacher. My God. I do teach classes for work as well, but that's on Zoom. <laughs> but um, almost. So we have uh, Kira's class also had to quarantine because she was, I think, one of the first kiddos in our local school to get it. So her whole class had to quarantine. Her teachers, the paras, everybody had to quarantine. They're finally back on Thursday. Can I ask a question? Were you like, oh my gosh, they're going to know it's me? Like, were you just like, oh crap, I'm the person. It's my kid that's now causing all of that. Like, how did that make you feel? Uh, (laughs) They unfortunately don't say, but the fact I, there was like five emails, of course, regarding like, there was a COVID, you know, a student who had a close family member who tested positive, but that student is not symptomatic. So you can all relax. And then like, literally like three days later, it's like, okay, now the student got the COVID. So yeah, exactly. have to quarantine. So and you're getting like, these letters and it's like, literally these letters are about my family. How I good is this? Like, That's my kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were just like, that specific class has been notified. So if you've not been notified, then it's not your class. And I was like, well, that's kind of a nice way of not, a roundabout way of not saying who it was. Yes, right? <laughs> oh, it's giving information, but not too much so that you feel like you were thrown <laughs> under the bus. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, she's like five and she's in the special services classrooms. I don't think there'd really be anybody being like, it was you, but yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> the nice thing is, is that in this world, it's like, what are they going to do? They give you the stink eye in the hallway. You don't see him. What do you care? Right. Or they can get her the stink eye. She have no idea. So. <laughs> she, doesn't care. she doesn't read social cues and body language. So whatever. But she's definitely craving her routine so bad. Like she is not a morning person in, but the last two mornings where we've been back to therapies, she's like, second I go to wake her up, she's like, ping, like wide awake, like, where's my shoes? Where's my stuff? Let's go. Like, she's like, get me out of this house. (laughs) So, So she is like super excited to get back to her routine, which is nice. She's really, really missed it. Oh man, I'm telling you what, like see, like, even our little ones are just craving some normalcy, which is, I'm with you there. So, so here's my next question. Like if, like for you guys that are joining me, like what do you feel like families, special needs family are really needing right now? Because I don't know about you, I am over technology. So there's a lot of virtual opportunities to connect with people, but are you, am I just like in my own camp where I'm just like over technology and by the time I have the opportunity to not have to be online, even though I'm craving interaction. I just, I don't want to stare at a computer anymore. I mean, do you guys feel that way? Yes. Because I'm craving interaction, but I just Mm -hmm. don't want to log on the computer again. Doesn't that seem weird? I don't even know how to rationalize that in my head. 
they call that zoom fatigue. It's actually like legitimate. People spend so much time on all of these online classes or either their works, you know, online or everything's online. And so they get to the point of like, like my husband does like his work does like happy hour via zoom. And like, I think by like the eighth time they're like, so do we still need to do this? I Yeah, because we were doing virtual mom's night at first, but after a while, you know, we had like 20 people on, then you have 15, then you have 12, and then you have like five, and then you have two, and then you're harassing people to get on. And then you feel bad about that because, you know, it's like, oh, after a certain period of time, it's like, you got to let people unplug so then I guess my question is is where how do we how do we rationalize that how do we fix it because I know people are craving connection but since zoom is just zoom fatigue um you know technology virtual fatigue is such a real thing like what what's the answer and I don't have an I don't know the answer that's what I'm asking you guys like where how do you guys fill your bucket right now I don't have an answer alcohol uh lots and lots of alcohol no just kidding tanya is our non-drinker really she drinks very little um of most of the moms usually you're drinking like a a a soft drink when we're like socializing but yeah that's how i rationalize it i just like i'm becoming my alcohol bill has just gotten exorbitantly larger but all joking aside so you don't have an answer tanya will you make me feel better no and my son Colin's going to be very disappointed because I just found out that his tap class is having to go to Zoom. Oh, and so, and he, that's the one thing he's enjoyed going to do in person where he can see other kids. Right? I'm with you. Yeah. Chevy, what are you doing to fill your bucket? Like, how are you, are you not filling your bucket? You're, are you drinking? You're not drinking anymore. <laughs> not, anymore not, or any less. Not drinking. I'm doing a lot of workouts and our little home gym and stuff like that but I am burnt out of Facebook debates and all these debates regarding everything right now <laughs> like, so I, I went through a like Facebook purge where I like unfollowed band. all the news pages for a while <laughs> and I like unfollowed like all, everything except for my friends list like I went and unliked every single news page everything I was like I just kind of need a mental health break from everything yep I know. And I actually feel bad because if you guys like, don't think that I care about you, that is not true. It's just that I have been having to step away from Facebook because it's just too much like stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I am not in a good place people. I mean, I am, but I'm not like, I noticed that like, if I'm on social media and I start reading some of the Facebook debating stuff and the, Oh, well, thanks for killing, not caring and killing people. And than the people where it's like, you know, I mean, it's just too much of both so extremes. Yeah, yeah. Too few extremes in the debating. And it's kind of like, I understand both ends. And I feel, yes, like I, you know, it's a tough place to be. I just, I can't read it anymore. I'm with you, Chevy. I can't, I can't do it. So I haven't, so I feel bad because I feel like things are happening and I, I'm less aware of it because I try and keep up on everybody's things you know, the, the good stuff and the not so good stuff. And I just had to mm, step. I spend all my time on TikTok now watching people fall down and (laughs) And dog and cat and animal videos. My daughter got on my TikTok and I was like, don't hurt anything because you will mess up my perfect algorithm of this pure goodness because I know the things that I like. And if she like starts liking stuff and searching stuff, it changes my algorithm and I just can't have that. So anyway, yeah, TikTok is where I've been spending some of my time or just not. Do you guys want to know what I have recently started doing? I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you guys this, but it's safe. I have started crocheting. Why? Because I just cannot be on technology anymore, but like I have to have do something with my hands like even to watch tv I just can't I have a hard time just sitting and watching tv and so I have started crocheting people and now it's gotten to a whole new level where I actually am now trying to teach myself how to read crochet patterns that's where I'm at in my life I never thought I would be there in my life and yet people I am making some very fancy coasters right now and what am I doing with them nothing I'm just nothing serious I'm just throwing them away. I need to find another diamond painting, but they all come from China. My last one okay. was damaged, and I was like, no. 
That's oh, I was just thinking so about you the other day because my daughter got a little tiny one and it made me think of you because I remember you during mom's night sitting there and doing your diamond things. I know. But now I'm a, I have a big one of I used to night. I used to <laughs> cross stitch and I still have some somewhere. I should pull that out. I tell you what, like I am I'm starting to like kick some ass on reading some. I'm I'm still like in the beginning like patterns, like where it's just like one star complexity, but I'm hoping to move up to two star here pretty soon. And some of my coasters I feel like are pretty badass. The other thing I've been trying to do, which is hard when I have well, Colin's second grade, but Logan has fine motor issues. I'm finally trying to teach both my kids how to tie their shoes. Oh, hey, I'll send my kid over there because I still haven't done that and uh, probably should. Okay, <laughs> I don't feel so bad because Logan still, neither of my kids tie their shoes. We're in the seventh grade and we're still not tying shoes or doing buttons. Yeah, we're fifth, fifth. Yeah, in fact, did I you see it? those special laces that are for kids that can't tie their shoes that look totally normal? Well, I have seen them and I haven't invested in them yet because I have invested in all sorts of the other ones to only be disappointed. So I will look at them. They looked pretty legit. Okay. Because that's good to know because we're still with slide on shoes and we're still not buttoning pants. And I asked because Caleb had his... We don't button pants either. Yeah. Well, he just had his reval with the school district this last week or no, I'm sorry, the end of November or October. And, um, I asked them for, you know, Hey, here's all the things he's still not able to do. And writing, if you still look at his writing samples, he looks like he's probably in the first grade. And, uh, they told me that, uh, it's not, it doesn't inhibit his academic um, performance. So they wouldn't even evaluate him for occupational therapy. And I'm like, that sounds like a big, really? Because Logan qualifies for occupational therapy. I know. And they wouldn't even evaluate him because they said it didn't affect. And Logan's writings about looks like first grade. Thank you. So I was just like, I was just kind of like, inhibits okay, so. Lo- Lo- I mean, it inhibits Logan's ability to take notes, to do any of that stuff. But they're saying now because he has an like, I'm pretty sure he's going to need this at some point. <laughs> well, but they're saying because he has an accommodation where he can use technology and he can do talk to text now, like, why does he need to be able to write on paper? Because he's not going to have talk to text for the rest of his life. And in all contexts of his <laughs> life, that's just it. And I'm like, right. it was just mind blowing to me, but I was just kind of like, I got bigger fish to fry right now. So I'm just, and I, I just, it was yeah. in a good place, but well, I was just like, I don't even want to debate this topic with you because you were so no. wrong, but I just can't. Well, and Logan's occupational therapist works with him on teaching him how to type as well. I know. So it's not just, she doesn't just teach him how to write. She teaches him how to type. She lets him practice also speech to text too, when he's with her. Yeah. Right now we're, we've switched to just consulting once a month, but once he's back in person, she'll, he'll go back to once a week, but. Yeah. I think it's just because they don't want to onboard any more kids for occupational therapy because they can't deliver it. And then there's a deficit in what they're actually delivering for services is mm. what you see what I'm saying. So I think part of it was that you know, again, it would be one kid that's eligible for OT that they're not delivering services on, which creates then, of course, you know, how, what are the recovery services for that and blah, blah, blah. But still, we're not done with it. But I was just kind of like, you people are stupid. You think I'm stupid? I'm not stupid. My concern would just be it not being a, like, a long-term crutch just because eventually he's going to have to learn some of those skills when he wants to, I don't know, write a cover letter. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess he can use talk to text, but there, there will, there'll be something someday where he's not going to be able to use writing a check. Right. 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 That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, I don't even like what you guys are telling me just is like, just wrong. And you guys know it's wrong. Like writing is not an applicable skill anymore. Apparently, Like how in the world. And they're just like, well, you know, especially now. If my son qualifies for OT, then Caleb should qualify for OT. Oh, that's the difference between our school districts, like, cause we're Spokane and Spokane is just. Well, well, so my, well, I don't know how BEAD actually is because Logan qualified for OT in preschool when we lived in Nevada. So. Oh, yeah. I I know. Actually, so he came in already having OT. I don't know how MEAD actually is with getting OT in general, but. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was already on your IEP and you've been able to hold on to it then. Awesome. But. My thing was that they wouldn't even evaluate him based off of like, cause I gave them writing samples like before, cause he's having his reevaluation. And so like, I talked to the school psychologist, here is the writing samples, like current writing samples. 
Like this is a writing sample that would you would expect to come from a first grader. He's in the seventh. So, I mean, aside mm -hmm. from the fact that he can't button his pants and he can't tie his shoes and he can't do things with like fine motor and even just art, you know, like he loves mm -hmm. art, doing art is very difficult. They wouldn't even assess him. They wouldn't even like humor me with an OT about. It'd be something to fight them on after COVID's over. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, that's kind of, I, I put a pin in it and we'll like get back to the pin later on, but all right, ladies, what else? Is there anything else that you were burning to talk about? Like I said, we're talking about nothing and everything all at the same time. We're not really, I mean, we actually feel like the worst for the kids because they just don't have their outlets, their normal outlets. And, you know, we had planned, you know, see family Thanksgiving or Christmas week. I'm pretty sure we've canceled, we've canceled our Thanksgiving going out to see our family who we've not seen since March. Um, and we were supposed to spend some time with them over Halloween weekend, but that was the week that everyone got COVID at our house. And like, literally our family was just like, well, if it's negative, come out and see us. If it's negative, come out and see us. And it's like, it was positive. And it's just like, well, I'm glad you guys didn't come out, but we'll see you Thanksgiving. And it's just like, now it's like, well, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> so it's been, it's been really hard. I, I feel like our kids are getting like mm -hmm. extra moody and stuff like that. Cause they're just plugged in online all the time. And then they don't have those outlets to really get out that energy. So we're kind of week by week right now. We yeah. don't really have any outlets for them. My bro my kids were really looking forward. My brother was supposed to come visit us for Thanksgiving. He was supposed to fly in actually on Thursday for, and stay for like 10 days. And he had to cancel his plane ticket because he lives in Georgia. And when you haven't seen him in a year, he usually comes every Thanksgiving. And so my kids love my brother and now he's not able to come. I mean, and Colin's birthday is actually next week. And so uh -huh. it's going to be a small, just us party. Yeah. I mean, our PTO yeah. is doing a fundraiser though, where they'll put up the happy birthday signs in front of your house. So we're going to do that for him that he doesn't know about. Oh, that's nice. And that's the thing mm -hmm. that's hard is, is that I'm, oh, I'm now more diligently looking for not technology driven activities. And I'm in the same boat with you guys, you know, I'm, we're, I'm the Isaac foundation and we had our taste of gingerbread event that was scheduled and we had two options, one that people could just drive by and pick up their kits and take them home. And then the other option was if, you know, we had socially distanced, you know, tables where people could book a time and come in and decorate. So then that way they could walk away from the mess, which I personally think is the best part about the taste of gingerbread is that your kids can have this really great experience decorating these houses and then mom and dad get to walk away from the mess and not having to clean it up. It's so beautiful. But because of the governor's new mandate, that was then shut down. So now, um, you know, I'm sad about it because again, it's just one less thing that we have to try and create some, some connectedness. But I just decided today, I just decided today, we are still going to abide by our governor's mandate, um, but outdoor um, activities are, are, are okay. So we're talking about, um, we're going to do a drive-through, kind of like a trunk or treat. We did a drive-through trunk or treat for Halloween, where people just stayed in their cars and then they just drove through and like uh, got some candies and stuff as they went and people decorated their cars. And so I think just because I just cannot handle one more thing being taken away from the kids that I'm thinking um, we're reaching out to uh, our fantasy flight volunteers that would normally volunteer their time to do the fantasy flight for underprivileged kids um, for Christmas. That was canceled because they get on the airplane, they taxi down um, the runway, they magically take off and then land at the, in, at the um, North Pole and have this magic. Well, that was obviously canceled this year because of COVID. So we're reaching out to see if any of the elves want to come and actually like help us do kind of a drive-through, kind of trunk or treat sort of a thing, but like Christmas style. And we're still gonna have Santa and Mrs. Claus there um, to wave at the kids and some of those things because I still think it's, you know, cause it's all within the parameters of our governor's guidelines because as long as you don't get out of your vehicle and um, it's outdoors and everybody's socially distanced, we can get away with doing that. So we're in the midst of putting that together, but it's just hard. I feel like every other day we're having to kind of come up and strategize new ways of being able to keep families connected and give the kids some sense of normalcy. Because like, tell me what you're saying is those activities have now been taken away. And my boys who are in the 11th grade, 
um, you know, they're going through this phase where they're like, you know, questioning faith, you know, and, and church. And so, but what they have been doing during this COVID is they've been going to youth group, which, you know, Hey, whatever I, whatever, that's the one, another, you know, unexpected win is, is that if it would be normal times and I was, I would tell them, Hey, you got youth group tonight. They would be like, well, we got already too many things. We don't want to go to youth group. Now they're begging me to go to youth group because it's, you know, well, and it's faith-based, but still they're so desperate for connection right now that they're, they are keeping track of the youth group nice because they're wanting some of that social connectedness. And I'm probably, I'm suspecting that that's going to be coming to a halt as well because of our, uh, you know, the governor's mandates because it's in an indoor activity. But um, like I said, just trying to strategize, you know, how, you know, what's filling my bucket right now? Not a lot. There's just really not a lot that's filling my bucket. And I actually appreciate you guys telling me that you're struggling finding ways to fill your bucket and your kids' buckets because it does normalize the fact that I am not alone and feeling like I don't know what to do. Um, so if you guys think of anything, if you guys think of anything that is a surprise, fill your bucket opportunity, you have to be sure to share it with me because I'm dying right now. And I, I, what I'm reluctant to do is it's like, I hate doing more virtual events. We're doing our mom site this week virtually just because we haven't done one in a while. And I think people want to see everyone's faces, but um, I'm kind of cringing about it. Cause I just feel like, I don't know if people see it's virtual now, are they going to throw their pen down or their, and just be like, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't know what to expect. Hopefully it'll be. Well, good. if it makes you feel better, Holly, in person, I wasn't going to come because I'm we like to spend time with my in-laws who live five minutes from us and they're in the 70s. So we were really like locking down before the state lockdown. But now that it's virtual, I will come. Oh, well, that does make me feel better, Tanya. Like I said, we've been, I tested out two virtual mom's nights and nobody attended. So I kept the room open for an hour and not one person joined, which I totally get because again, mm -hmm. virtual burnout. So, and I told myself, I'm not going to text people and harass them to join me in the virtual like Zoom room because I'm going to respect people's desire to unplug. But um, like I said, we've had to go back to 100% virtual. And I do feel like it's important that for those that do need connection, even if it's virtual, that we provide that opportunity. But man, it's getting hard. Well, I think all the initial like, initial adjustments and things that we had in March is like resetting basically in our state and the, except for it's not new anymore. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like this, like, oh, but we can meet online. So this is really exciting. It's just like, Okay. <laughs> it's had, no like, longer what two mom's nights in person and then we're back to right to virtual. That's exactly what it was. We were doing mom's night in person with only five people to a table in a location and we weren't doing food. Um you could have your beverage, but we weren't doing shared food. And then we had two of those and then bam, we're back to lockdown. And um and again, we were just trying to provide virtual opportunities for people where that was like their threshold of comfort. And then also that personal connection, because we know a lot of people are struggling. And again, um, but even I would say our in-person, it wasn't like it was like busting at the seams and we were like struggling having tables. Like people were still very conservative about um, venturing out. But like I said, hopefully we'll get lots of people at our mom's night. Um, I was actually, we were throwing around the idea here and you guys tell me if you think this is worth it or not worth it. Going back to like the old style, like pen palling, like where you actually write on paper and then throw it in an envelope and send it to someone. Does that feel like, I mean, we were just throwing it out. Like so, would that be connection or would people find that well, like tedious? So, well, I think it depends on the person. So when we first went into lockdown, I actually had my youngest, Colin, who was just finishing first grade at the time. I was like, well, why don't you, since we're in lockdown, write a letter, a handwritten letter to your cousin who's the same age. So he wrote a letter. His cousin lives in Louisiana and she's the same age. They're both second graders now, but she, he wrote a letter to her, mailed it to Louisiana and was super excited when she wrote him back. Oh, really? So that so, was kind of a novelty thing. I have to be honest mm -hmm. with you guys. I love it when I get something in the mail and it is handwritten envelope. Like I get super excited. And there's certain size envelopes that makes me super excited. 
Um, because you know what, you know what I mean? Because it's like, you can't fool me with shoving like actual business mail in this little tiny, like kind of stationary sized envelope. I don't know what it is, but you know, we don't get meaningful postage mail anymore. So I have been finding that when I'm opening up the mailbox and I see things that are like stationary size, I'm super jazzed. And then I get a little disappointed when it's just kind of like, oh, it's just like a, you know, like happy birthday from the insurance guy card. You know what I mean? But I open it with all sorts of excitement and then it's like a, you know, printed text. So like, how do you feel about that Chevy? I like the idea. Um, I don't know if I like personally, want to write the letters, <laughs> no. but I think for the kids that would be really cool because I remember when I was like pre-teenage, like 10 to 12, I had a pen pal with a girl, I think across the country. I think it was at the time, I think my middle school actually had a program where you would like pick a pen pal out of like a safe, you know, school environment and they would just connect you with a kid somewhere, you know, around the country. And that was pretty fun. So I could see that being kind of exciting for them. And, and Hey, encouraging extra writing, like why not? <laughs> right? Listen to it. I feel like, and Tanya, you're going to have to tell me, cause you're the only parent I know that has actually done this. Like how did he react to actually taking pen to paper and doing, I mean, you can even have a kid draw a picture of something and then just like label it for that matter. Um, but did he, was he okay writing the letter? I mean, he was only first grade, so I helped him with like his spelling and stuff. And he um, I helped him with like I was like, so let's ask Emma some questions so you can find out you haven't seen your cousin in a while. And so he asked some questions and told him and he told her some stuff he likes to do. And then he mailed it. And then she sent a letter back um, with a picture. So. Oh, and that's the thing is they have to like that sort of thing. Um, writing. Yeah, see, Caleb's 14. Yeah, I don't know if I could get my 10 year old to do it. He hates writing. So, yes, that's exactly it. Caleb has dysgraphia. So those thoughts that are in his head don't necessarily translate to the um, pen and paper. However, drawing a picture would be totally up his alley. And I think, again, too, to get mail, you know, something in the mail. It's just so funny because. We are going back to old school, if you will, like the mail is more exciting than an email or a text message or even a virtual conversation with a classmate, which is just something where I wasn't expecting it. And again, I don't know that it would be very successful. I think what you're saying, the novelty, once you do Mm -hmm. it and then the effort that it goes through and then it takes time. Um, well, and Colin did, he also wrote a birthday letter to someone in his class last year because the mom requested that, you know, since his birthday was during lockdown, you know, and so Colin wrote a birthday letter, but this kid wrote him back from his class. So, oh, so, but now independently, would he keep that up or is it something where you would have to nurture it to get him to do it? And does it feel like work? Um, um, I might have to nurture it. I mean, his writing is pretty short. He like, even with writing at school right now, his teacher's like a minimum of five. He sticks to the minimum. Oh, he will not go over and beyond ever. Amen to that. Like, thank God they don't. It's like whatever I can get done to get done fast. Oh, yes. Completely agree. And you know, the thing about it is, is I don't think that goes away because my husband is still that way when he is having to like write the minimum or like, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. getting to the bare minimum. Whereas I tend to go a little rogue if I'm, you know, writing and uh, I find that, you know, I got to really dial it back with, you know, in terms of what I'm writing or sending out. But yeah, you see, I sometimes write too much detail because I really want to make sure like my point gets across. Complete that. And that's me too. That's exactly me. When I was writing for, I used to write for, I don't know if you guys knew this, fun fact, I used to write for a local magazine and I would just, it was a, um, you know, just every other month I would have my column and it has to be a minimum of X number of words and a maximum of this number of words. And I was always struggling to keep it to the maximum, to get it down to the maximum number of words I could use for my column, because I'm with you, Tanya. I just, I have too many, too many things to say, and there's just not enough words for that. So yeah, it was it was a good exercise for me because then it required me to have to pare down and just keep it to the essentials. But um, yeah, I, I tend to go too much information story of my life. I mean, have you listened to our podcast? <laughs> too much information many a time. So 
know, if I find anything that actually is, is good self-care that still has genuine connectedness, I'll, I'll let you know. Maybe we should start with like homing pigeons. We can like tape like a message to the, the leg of a homing pigeon and send it back and forth to each other. That would be kind of entertaining. And I just saw something on the news about like some special breed of pigeons that like sold for $1.1 million or something. Did you guys see this online? Google it. It's a real thing. There's some sort of like a pigeon that just sold online for a crazy grip of money. And I'm just like, that's what the pigeons popped into my head. So maybe we should start doing homing pigeons and we'll just start sending them to each other's houses. I did check on my kids while we were doing this. And my youngest has self-directed learning time at the end of the day. And if left up to his own devices during self-directed learning time, apparently he just goofs off. So I came out and he was doing absolutely nothing. Okay, Tanya, that is the story of every day of this stupid home virtual learning BS. Yes. If I, and it's well, during the day. Can I tell you guys a little secret? My husband is a firefighter and uh, needless to say, they are first line people. So they have had a, every time one person tests positive or there's a potential that a firefighter could end up have COVID because of, you know, close contact. They, you know, test the person if they're positive, then it actually takes out their entire crew because obviously if they worked with them, chances are their crew members have it. But it also wipes out the offcoming crew and the incoming crew because they had contact. So you're talking about an exorbitant number of people that are um, like just out. They're having to quarantine because they just are being overly precautious, which is good. <clears throat> but this is what's happened. My husband is now working from home. They want him staying away from the building as much as possible. So he does uh, fire investigations and then also works on the truck. So he's coming here, everybody, to use the internet because we have better internet here at my office. So he's seeing what my day looks like. And it is awesome because if it's exactly to what you're saying, Tanya, if I go to the bathroom and I get out of this chair and I walk to the bathroom, they are all off task, every single one of them. And then, so I go to the bathroom and John's sitting in here and I was, I come back in and it's like, well, what are they doing? He's like, wait, what? Like, it's like, hey, like I walked away from the room for a moment. And now like, have you looked around what's happening in here? You got one on an iPad, you got one trying to sneak their, their phone in their lap so that they can watch a YouTube video during their online class. And he finally today was just finally got a little taste of what my day looks like. The other fun thing too was right before my meeting started, because I had a meeting earlier, the internet decided to like have like a shutdown. So all three kids lost their internet connection. And I'm like, okay, so now this is the IT portion of the day. And you have to figure out how to get all of these kids back online because their classes. That's are funny. Gone. That happened to us today too. Did it? What time? It's probably about well, the same time. I don't remember. Oh, it was after lunch about, it was before this meeting, but after lunch. So, okay. So it was, ours happened right before lunch. It was like 10 o'clock. It was like 10 minutes before my 10 o'clock meeting. Yeah. Both my kids went down at the same time and they got kicked off. I was like, what in the world? Yeah. But then I was like telling my husband, I'm like, this is the IT portion of the day. So the first part of the day is where you're making sure everybody's on task and doing their virtual learning class. Now you got to troubleshoot why the internet's not working and you got to re-get them onto all of their Zoom meetings. And he was just like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Now try and get your fire investigation report finished because guess what? It's hard to concentrate when you're interrupted because they, and Tony, you said this before I hit the record button. They have, they have to figure out they can actually ask their teachers a question, not mom. And so then you're having like all these interruptions because they're asking me instead of just raising their hand. So anyway, it's just, you know, all the good stuff, but I was actually feeling, even though today was like not an awesome day, I was just feeling a little vindicated because my husband now is having to sit in here to get my Wi-Fi and getting a taste of what virtual learning day looks like. It's, it's not for sissies. Let me just tell you. No. And it, my son left up to self-directed learning. He will choose to just play. And so I've even gone as far as I typed him up a schedule saying, and I list what I want him to do during self-directed learning, because I'm not giving him choices anymore because he won't do it. Me and he too. still wasn't doing it when I came yeah. out. Oh, see, that's the I, thing. I, I was right, there give to him make a sure schedule. 
if I give him a schedule, he'll manage his schedule very, very well, unless I leave the room and then the room. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like I have to be tethered to my office chair so I can be observing to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So it's just not that awesome. And then Chevy's. I don't actually, know what he thought he would get away with. I was one room next to him. I could tell he was not doing what he should have been doing. Yeah. Like you're going to pull one over on us. And then poor Chevy is sitting here as we're recording this podcast, she's on mute and she's walking around with her device. And then she sends a comment that, sorry, dealing with a meltdown because that's real life Chevy in the midst of a podcast. You're also trying to calm a meltdown because you're mom, your mom. Yeah. And mom, I feel crazy. like I have a, a million roles. I like, I, I said to someone the other day, actually, I was like, what I've learned from quarantine this year is that my patience level has been far exceeds what I thought it would be. And then also, uh, or what did I say? Expanded and exceeded. So it's expanded, but then it's also <laughs> well exceeded. So it's just like the, the years when I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do summer break. Like summer break is going to be too much. Three whole months of just everyone here. And it's just like, we've like beyond doubled that. So it's just yes. like, now a summer break is going to be like nothing. That is like so true. <laughs> yes, Chevy. Because now summer break seems like a vacation, a true vacation. Whereas for most moms, it's like, oh my gosh, like when, how am I going to keep my kids entertained? And now just to not have to do like be tethered to a computer or a device, it's going to be, it's going to seem like heaven. Oh, right. <laughs> that is really true. You're right. I have actually started locking myself in my bedroom because I'm just like, I just need 10 minutes by myself without someone asking me something. Although now that I'm being honest, I'm locking myself in my room because I want a little bit of quiet time. But once we stop virtual learning, I find my kids do not want to talk to me for a while because they're dealing with me all day long. And I'm constantly like making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to I do actually find that my afternoons are a little bit more quiet because they want to be away from me as much as I want to be away from them. See, my kids don't want to be away from me, but so oh. what I find myself doing is I stay up too late after everyone goes to bed because that's the only time I get to myself. So my kids go to bed between 8.30 and 9. And then my husband's a morning person. So, and he starts his job because it's East Coast at 5 a.m. So he goes to bed early too. So I find that the time I really get to myself is when everyone's in bed. So then I stay up too late. Okay, but Tony, what are you doing? What are you doing up late? Are you watching TV? Are you cleaning? What are you doing? I'm watching TV, reading a book. It just depends. Chevy, is that the same for you? Yes. So my bedtime has been ridiculous ridiculously late since all of this started because I'm doing the same thing. I'm either catching up like during our COVID period when Simon wasn't available, I literally was spending my nights just catching up with all the stuff that I couldn't catch up with all day. So that was my evening, which was terrible. <laughs> but now it's like a combination of just catching up and like self-care, but I don't know if like mm -hmm. self-care involves staying up till one thirty in the morning, but <laughs> sometimes Girl, I could be up with you because I'm up until like one o'clock. Cause you're absolutely right. It's like, I can watch what I want on TV. I don't get kicked off because we're on satellite out there. So even my TV, you know, you have to have an internet signal. And so I find that I can actually watch my shows after everybody's going to bed because I'm not competing for the internet signal. So you're right. Like girls, we could actually start doing our mom's night at like midnight. Like maybe that's our strategy is that uh, speaking of children, they're trying to get a hold of me right now. Ugh, it just never ends. And then when they leave, they have technology, a phone, and then they call you. See, at least my kids don't have a phone yet. So oh, telling you. It's, it's Logan has a watch enough. phone, but he doesn't like to wear it. And so he only wears it if he's going to be home alone because it's for like emergencies because he's able to stay home alone for short periods by himself now. Yeah. But. And we're the same way. Kelly has her gizmo watch, which is pretty handy, but it's like they only want me when I'm busy and I'm talking to people and connecting and having <laughs> me time. And then they want my attention when I want them to pay attention to me is when they all are just shunning me. So I find myself planning vacations that we can't take right now. So that kind of yes. is one of those things that keeps me busy. I sit here and plan these vacations I want to take. Yes. Oh my gosh, girl. Yes, I have done that. Like I've had like people say, oh, we're going to like Hawaii. And then I'm online like, well, if they can go to Hawaii, then I can go somewhere. Before we wrap up, where is the first place you're going to go once you can, you can travel? 
we went to Yellowstone National Park the week before school started. Oh, and, and you guys were there too, right? Well, no, that's where we're going to go this summer. That's one of the trips I'm planning. We went to Glacier this past summer. Oh, we're Glacier planning to go to Yellowstone and Grand Teton. Oh, nice. And we were nervous about Kira just because you've got these like super hot, you know, hot springs. And you've geysers, got like, you know, all geysers. And you've got all this stuff, but like they can't touch and they can't, you know. And I was like, great, this is going to be awful with Kira, but she actually did awesome. We got one of those little wagons and we just towed her around and she stayed in the wagon and um, she loved it. It was great. Oh, I'm telling you. Okay. So here's one little like side story. Cause you know, TMI, Holly talks way too much and has all sorts of stories to share. I'm with you guys. We actually took, before Isaac died, we did, went on a family vacation to uh, Yellowstone and it was one of the best vacations. And I had been dreading it because like you, I was like, this is going to be a train wreck because we have no structure, no routine, no, you know, it's not our house. And it was the best vacation ever because we spent a lot of time outside. He did get to walk a bit, but he also was happy being in the backpack, even though he was way too big in that stupid backpack thing. Um, it was just easier to put him in that than trying to, you know, have to, because I didn't even think about the wagon. Doggone it. That would have been awesome. But it was a great vacation. Loved it. Some of my most favorite pictures of Isaac that I cherish even to this day were at Yellowstone. So that makes total sense. Uh, I sh- actually should think about doing that. We were actually, we have been playing the game. If we could get in our camper trailer and go anywhere, where would we drive to? Because we can't really fly. And like just even getting the kids in a little bit on that dream about escaping, where would we drive to? And today the decision was that, oh, we should drive to the Grand Canyon because it's warmer in Arizona and the Grand Canyon, you can socially distance. And I thought, you know, what? that is a very good point. So there you go. And up here, we're confined to being inside, but in Arizona, you can be outside because it's warmer and then you don't have to worry about catching COVID. So anyway, so we play those games too. So I think my kids are even like fantasizing about vacations and what those must have been like. We had a neighbor that just went to Hawaii with his boys um, like a week or so ago, but I think they ended up paying like $300 worth of COVID tests just to be able to do it because Hawaii's requiring people to do these crazy tests that are like you know, right before you board the plane style. So it's like, if you get it, like you pretty much have to like cancel your trip. Um, and my kids are so jealous, but it's just like, honestly, guys, like it's just not realistic right now. No. And actually one couple that I heard that went actually had to do the swab, like the test, then they had to have their results UPS to Hawaii so that it was there waiting for them when they got off of, so you have to send it to the certain like place. And if for some reason UPS doesn't get your test results there, then you have to basically quarantine in the hotel until your results are received and it's negative. And then, of course, you know, if it's na- if it's positive, then you're quarantined and you can't leave your hotel room for 14 days or whatever. So I'm like, mm. yeah, well, during the height, during the height of COVID. So we went to Kauai a year and a half ago. And so I follow the con the people who own the condo that we stayed at. And so it's their condo. So they decided, you know, when it first they first were able to go down there that they were going to go down there. But Kauai is so strict that when they got down there, they have to check in with people. Then they had a quarantine in their condo for 14 days. They got a phone call every day. And then they had it. Yeah. Like it was like super strict before they could even do anything down there. Relaxing. That's just it. Although like, you know, my husband pointed out, but yeah, like quarantine in Hawaii would be better than quarantine here at home. And I'm kind of like, well, maybe, but then if you're not feeling good and you're like, not, you know, I don't know. Anyway, all the things to think about, but all right, ladies. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to have a podcast with me. That's not necessarily about learning anything important, but just venting really and just connecting. Really, that's what this was. See, I was craving connection. So I created a podcast unintentionally. Like I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but it's because I'm craving connection and I just wanted someone to talk to. And here you are. We lost Maria midway through this podcast. Just so if you're listening and saying, whatever happened to that Maria, she was dealing with uh, bad Wi-Fi. 
shocking because it is in the middle of the day. And so in theory, of course, all of our kids are sucking up all of our bandwidth doing virtual learning classes. So um, Maria ended up getting uh, dropped from our podcast and couldn't reconnect because of poor Wi-Fi. So we're sorry. We're sorry for you, Maria. And hopefully she'll be able to connect with Mom's Night on Thursday this week. So um, anyway, so I hope you guys stay safe. I'm glad, Chevy, that your husband ended up on the other side of COVID um, safe and sound and glad that Curia wasn't sick, more sick than what she was. And I hope nobody else in your family gets it. Sounds like you guys are on the road to hopefully no more COVID, at least for a while. I hope so. I'm like, I feel like we've paid our dues. (laughs) So I'm hoping that we're on the other side. They can enjoy some immunity. That's the one thing with Kira. It's just like now she can go back to school and we can hopefully have some immunity for her. Um, So, yeah. And I mean, obviously it could have been, could have been worse. And we're happy that everyone's good. Yeah. Well, stay safe, Tanya. Good luck with being your child's Kira continually every single day. Like, uh, you know, just know that I got you, sister. I'm feeling your pain because I'm living a similar house. But um, anyway, you're awesome. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. And thank you for listening to this episode of Isaac's Autism in the Wild. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.